This is Faith and Fable, a pastoral podcast where we discuss common and often controversial topics from a biblical perspective. I'm Lena. I'm Matt Miller. I'm Matt Henry. And I'm Mark. We're going to talk about today when you should leave a church. Now, why, why though? Well, because this is a common question. We, I mean, we get this a lot. Of, I ask it every single week. I... <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, mostly people... You can leave. <laughs> okay. Here's how you leave a church. We'll show you real quick. Uh, no, but... Uh, well, because I get the question from people who have friends in bad churches. Okay, see, that's the thing is the very people who should be asking, should I leave a church, are not asking it. But their friends are asking. Yes. So it, and the, it's tough because, you know, the friend's not necessarily asking you, the friend, hey, what do you think of this church? Yeah. They're not inviting the council, in other words. And so you, you're wondering if I should speak into that. Should I keep my mouth shut? Yep. You know. That's hard because you're watching a person literally watch their heart and brain rot. <laughs> well, you are. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I mean, you, you got you got people up there on the stage. I mean, we joked about that song I, I had sung at our church when I was first here. The fruit bowl. Yeah. You know, God is plum wonderful. He's a peach of a God. Right. It's like, who sings that? Yeah. Well, apparently our church did one week. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, but it's worse now. You got people up there doing all kinds of silliness and, and all in the name of God. And right. the people are literally dying in the pews and they don't know it. Yeah. And and you, you want to tell them, leave the church. Yeah. And, but with that, it's a hard topic because... It's a, I mean, the whole thing deals in the gray area in, in many ways. And so it, it can be highly subjective and, you know, then it's down to, well, it's your opinion or, or something. So, so what we have are essentially some broad principles. Um, and so we're going to give those, but each situation really has to be dealt with as a case by case, because you can't necessarily apply every single one of these to every situation. Yeah. And what's undergirding this whole thing is... How yeah. do you make that decision? Because it's an emotional one. Yeah. Um, I know people who go down with the ship, if you will. Yeah. You know, they they stay at the church when it's not even dead; it's now rotted and mm-hmm. dust. Um, so, so, so we would definitely say there's a time to leave a church. Yeah, and not always is it because it's a bad church. There's times where you just need to leave. Yeah. Well, I'm getting ahead of it, but you right. know, for peace, right? Uh, you, you, there's just a serious theological difference and you're not seeing yourself changing and they're not changing. Somebody needs to go for the sake of peace. Yeah. So before we get into when, why, and how a person should leave a church is probably, you know, we think it's good to talk about first when not to leave a church uh, because a lot of people read leave churches for really bad reasons that we wouldn't approve of. And we don't think the Bible would approve of just given some biblical principles. So so with that, what would you say is a reason not to leave a church? Well, a simple one would be, well, I don't like the church is too big or it's too small. Um, and I've been on both ends of that spectrum. 
in Houston, we were uh, we helped start a church, and I don't think we ever got over twenty five people. Um, and then we went from there to Grace Community Church with ten thousand. So, hmm. you know, we kind of know both both sides, but that that's a common one. They come in and are like, "Oh, it's just we're really looking for a bigger church," or it's. Um, too big for us. We we want to be in a smaller church. That's that's not a strong enough basis for you to say I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this church. Yeah, and you know, there's a lot of people will say the church is too big, so I'm gonna leave it for this reason. When in reality, a lot of big churches do a lot of things really well, right? Or mm-hmm. I'm gonna I want to go to a smaller church because I feel like it's more family friendly or community or fellowship. And there might be truth to that because maybe you had a bad experience in a big church, but. Well, you know, coming from Grace, you said they had just a phenomenal infrastructure in how they... Yeah. Well, they did everything because it was that large, right? So, I mean, we had a Johnny Erickson Tata. I mean, she was a member of the church for many, many years. And so our whole special ministry started because of her. And, you know, they, we had hundreds of uh, physical uh, handicapped people and mentally handicapped. My wife dealt with the mentally handicapped ministry, and it was massive. Um, you know, you can't do that in a small church. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they serve in a certain way. Uh, but again, it can be a daunting thing where some people just say, well, I, I just don't want to be part of this. Um, and it's like size can't be the, the the issue. But in our culture, I think the more common one is the church is too small. Um, and yeah. Why? Why are you? Why are you saying it's too small? That's would be my question. Really quick, back on the large size though, isn't there something to be said about the the close connection? Like when it gets so big, I just would feel that it would just be really tough to get connected, and people like that small church feel. How can you? How can well, you fight that's that? up to the church though. Right. I mean, I've been in big churches that. They're completely anonymous, which okay. I mean, the whole Willow Creek model was built upon the fact of making everything anonymous so that you can just come there and just you're not expected to participate. You just listen to high quality everything. Sure. And you're just there. And of course, that's been a, mm-hmm. a mess yeah. uh, yeah. forever. But um, at Grace, to be honest, you actually have a sense of a small church. You have thousands of people, but you always sit in the same section. And then you you go to your fellowship groups, which we would call Sunday school. And now you're down to somewhere, a Sunday school there is between 200 to 1,000 people, which is bigger than many churches. Mm-hmm. And then from there you have small groups. And so it has a way, but, but they're very intentional of making it smaller. Now, if you want to go in there and just hide, you can hide at Grace very easily. But if you want to be involved, they, they are intentional in, in, in doing that so that you know you don't feel overwhelmed. Um, it, 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 they do it well, um, but, but that's because they grew naturally rather than through hype. Right. You know, nobody was coming because they had something cool. Um, it was just John was showing up preaching every Sunday and people just kept coming. Right. right. Okay. So that's a good question, though. Yeah. Um, but then on the spectrum of small churches, you, you just ask, you know, if you want to leave a small church, you should ask yourself why. Um, you know, is it because you you want programs or do you want, are you expecting the church to fill some kind of gap that in reality you as maybe a parent should be filling because you want something for your children, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, we're a smaller church, but we're also been intentional in trying to keep ourselves at a certain size and instead breaking off and creating new congregations. And we're just starting to do that, but we're doing it. Uh, but how do you compete when you've got a church with a climbing wall and Xbox room and you know, and that's yeah. what happens, and they're right. they're selling it, and and the people are saying, well, we're looking for something. Our son really likes that, and I, it just drives me crazy when I hear a person's going to leave the church because their teenage son would rather be at another church. And I'm like, since when does your teenage son right. be the one that makes the decisions in your household, and and why? Mm-hmm. Uh, but so often people are looking to leave a small church because they don't offer. All of the product, and and then that's just consumer. And what a sad commentary on the vision you have for your children. It's is it, you know if the goal is right. I just want them to like church or I want it to be that something that they're not kicking and screaming when I drag them out of bed on Sunday morning, you know. So they'll go here because they got the Xbox or some deal like that. But um, you know if it's a good church that that preaches the word and and teaches biblical fellowship and it's a context in which a children can can grow up into maturity into the person of Christ and well, you know, but you want the Xbox. Yeah. It's, it, it just, it speaks of a shallow, small truncated vision of yeah. that. Well, behind all of that though, is a great frustration in my own heart because when we were really small, um, I think the smallest we got was 48 and that was counting spiders, you know, mm-hmm. um, you, you had somebody show up and they really like the preaching and, and everything else, but they're like, you know, we're looking for something with, for our kids. And I'm looking at a man and I'm, I'm thinking, is it possible, just possible, that God brings you to this church so that you might start something for children? Um, why is it that you have to have it already in place and, and all you want to do is plug right into it. Is it possible that God has brought you here so that you can exercise a bit of vision and risk and start something that, that could become a good thing? Um, but again, in the mindset of people, they're shopping for churches. Um, and when the new church shows up on scene, you know, the sales job is going on and people start to say, yeah, this one's just not meeting our needs anymore. And they and they decide to leave, and we've we've experienced that over the years of people just coming up with every reason under the sun. Right. So we would say a bad reason to leave the church is because it's either too big or too small. Okay. General in a, yeah, general in principle. Itself, right. right? Um, a second one would be style of of liturgy. So this is also going to check your consumer bent. Um, you know, so so preference for music, preference for how the Lord's Supper is done. You know, what's the dress like? You know, the new one now, racial or socioeconomics. Uh, demographics, you know, is it is it too, you know, homogeneous, or or is it's not it's not diverse enough? You know, I need more color. I need more, um, you know, tribal influence, if you will. And those are bad reasons because they're non-biblical reasons. Um, they have nothing to do with the nature of what you should be looking for in a healthy church. And I know people are preaching now that a healthy church is a diverse church, but that could be another podcast. <laughs> that's. Definitely a different podcast, but so, but so style of, of liturgy, um, you know, the feel, the culture, those kinds of things. That's a bad reason to leave a church. What's an, what's another one? Um, the church isn't growing or it's not growing fast enough. Um, and of course the question that you want to give right back to the person is, and in what way are you helping it grow? Mm-hmm. How are you giving away your faith? Who are you? investing your life into so that they might grow up into a faithful disciple. Um, The tacit assumption 
And that one is, it's not growing because it's not healthy. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I actually have had, I had a breakfast with a guy once and he, he's like, you know, we're, we're just, we decided to leave, we're, we're leaving the church. I'm like, really? And that was a surprise to me. And I'm like, why? He says, come on, let's just face it. The church is stagnant. It's dying. Well, not only is, is it that not true, but it wasn't even true there, but that was kind of the stated idea. I'm, I'm out of here. Uh, it's just not grown enough. And what was really driving it was some children, his children were growing up and he's thinking, you know, I got, I got to get people, some spouses for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a church and, and, the, and the reason it's growing or not growing is not a clear indicator of spiritual health. Right. Um, in, in times of persecution and difficulty or when a church is undergoing radical change in its theology for the better, I, I'll guarantee you that church is going to shrink. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my high Sunday when I first came was 166 and we shrunk it down to 48. And trust me, all kinds of whispers were going on. But it was because there was a radical change in how we approached mm-hmm. preaching, theology, and practice. And people didn't like that. You know, and we had to deal with it. Yeah. Well, you also have a, a unique gift of preaching the old space maker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have it down. I know how to create room in the church when we need it. Yeah. So so the fact it's that the church good. is not growing is, is probably not a good idea I, as a general principle. Okay. So an, another one would be the church is changing. You, I mean, this is kind of what you just said, really. Um, and so we would say you first need to find out why the church is changing. Is it changing for biblical reasons or is it changing for unbiblical reasons? And so instead of talking with everybody and everyone, you know, go to the leadership, go, give your pastor the benefit of the doubt that perhaps there's, you know, some biblical rationale behind why these changes are happening. And if at the end of the day you weigh it and you realize, yeah, they don't have a, even remotely a Bible verse for that change, then, you know, that's a different well, issue. But it is a real issue because, you know, especially when you see a church undergo leadership change, because this is where it usually happens, is the old pastor has passed away or he's retired or he's taken a a church elsewhere and they bring a new guy in and the new guy is going to bring his new ideas. Well, sometimes those are good um, and they're biblically sound, um, but that's not necessarily true at all. It, 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 It has disturbed me to a high degree over the years watching new guys come in and their whole point is they're going to put their fingerprint and and they know the secret and we're going to make this happen and they by hook or by crook they're just driving this idea of how they're going to bring about the change in the church and they they're really just harming the church because it's not bent, bent around sound theology or the bringing of the word of God it's actually a dumbing down of things and turning it into an entertainment zone or whatever it might be um, so, you know, there is that kind of change that I would say to members, if you're not able to change that, you know, you ought to leave, but, um, like you said, ask, why is there change? And if, if you don't have a biblical basis for, um, complaining and it, and there it's being driven by a good theology, stay there, work yeah. with it. it. It, it just might be different because, you know, the music just sounds different. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I see different coffee here. <laughs> I mean, if Pam or Lauren don't have that pumpkin spice creamer out there on a Sunday morning, you're out of here. I'm out of here. Yeah. All right, I'm just <laughs> you know what? That. I'm putting that down right now. You, you actually joke about it, but I watched people get angry because we changed the color of a wall. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, I mean, you, you'd be stunned at what will, especially in some of those older established churches where there is not going to be change. We've had an organ since we started this church <laughs> mm-hmm. 120 years ago, and we're keeping an organ. And you're like, you understand there is no organist. No one here plays it. But look you cannot move that thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, Literally, you, know, you cannot move yeah, it. It's you so can't ginormous. Move, and you can't sell it either because nobody wants it. And, and four of the keys no. don't work. Yeah. And and Edna was the only one that knew it. So, Ed. you know, yeah, yeah. And she's I buried her a few weeks ago. So you know, we literally can't do any. I mean, you guys are laughing. This is stuff that's I'm not real. laughing about Edna, man. Come on. You know, and and you're worried about pumpkin spice when we got an organ that we need to deal with. Well, everybody, everybody's got their hill. You know. Yeah. Well, so that would be a a, a not good reason to leave. Is what we're saying. It's just simple change for a change. Yeah. Yes. Okay. There needs to be more than that. Yeah. Along with that, um, you know, a whole host of, you know, relational reasons. So somebody spoke a harsh word to me or the pastor hurt my feelings or, you know, you don't, no one esteems you like you think they should. So, I mean, this is kind of a self-focused deal, right? Um, but these are bad, these are bad reasons to leave because you're, you're going to find that anywhere you go, one. And then two, it's just you got to learn how to deal with people. Well, yeah. And again, the question would come back that I, I I have asked is, what are you doing to make friends? How are you reaching out to these people? Or are you sitting there in some pew with your arms crossed just daring somebody to right. come in? Because nobody's stupid. They can look at you and right. figure out, oh, you don't want to be talked to. Well, then they're happy not to talk to you. So it becomes even a self-fulfilling yeah. You know, prophecy. So yeah, you're gonna you're gonna hurt each other, you're gonna step on each other's toes. It it is part of life and um, Which is why Paul, you know, whenever we we teach the vision and values class, we we work through um the covenant and one of them is relational things. And there's always that passage in Colossians I love, which is to to bear with one another, literally put up with each other's stuff. <laughs> yeah, it says even if you have a complaint, meaning you got a righteous beef against <laughs> yeah. me. Put up with it. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's sanctifying you, which is the goal of church. All right. What's another one? Um, you were given counsel by a pastor. It didn't work out. And so, you know, I just can't stay here. You know, they didn't give me good counsel or, or something like that. Um, and it's just assuming that somehow the pastor is there and he, he knows all things and his his counsel is always going to be perfect. Um, you know, life is not that clean. Um, I, you know, I, 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 I spend my life giving counsel to people and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, I mean, you're yeah. dealing with the reality of individuals, um, but pastors don't exist to be your savior. They don't exist to be your fixer. Um, they can't predict how everything's going to work out, but they can guide you, hopefully in wisdom, but why would you ever want to just leave the church because you sought counsel and it didn't work out? Yeah. And yet people, again, that, that'll be the excuse. And I think one of the things I'm, we should say is all of these reasons you shouldn't leave a church, but people use, right. they're often a covering for something deeper. Yeah. So is there anything else? Yeah. Um, this one would be big, personal perception. Right, you're you're not, you know, maybe you're not being used in the way that you think that you should be used. Oh goodness, that's a huge one. You know, so uh, so let's say you think you're a good teacher. You're not though. 
and no one's recognizing this about you, um, but you think you should be. So do I have a time for a story? Go for it. Oh yeah, do you know yeah. Well, we, I mean, we can always edit. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, I forbid you, Lena. Uh, no, no. We had this thing at Grace called Lagos Institute, and there's this guy I knew. He was a different fellow, um, and he loved church history. And he actually pestered them and long enough to finally be allowed to teach a class in church history. And I remember talking to him because we worked together. And I said, hey, bud, I said, just don't overwhelm everyone. Don't try to back up the truck and give everything you know in that first day. And he, he, he just kind of brushed me off. I know, I know, I know. And he had a, a whole, uh, like 30 people signed up for the class. And he was so excited. And the next, uh, the next day he taught it. So I, I asked him after it happened, I'm like, how'd it go? And he actually was in tears. Um, he showed up, he, oh no, this is a week later. He, he taught the first class and he didn't think he did bad, but I knew what he was gonna do. He, he literally tried to dump 20 years of study into one hour. Mm. And the next class, no one came. Oh no. And, and, I'm like, first of all, I couldn't believe they had let him teach, but two, you know, nobody was guiding him. But he, the man, the man really thought he was going to be a pastor and a teacher. He just didn't have the gift, yeah. the ability, and I was not shocked. But I felt bad for the guy, I man, well, yeah. who wants to discover it that way. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, everyone has, you know, a desire of maybe what they want to do or where they want to be ser or serving or how they want to be used. Um, and then when they're, they're not used that way, you know, they might get frustrated and leave um, because, you know, people aren't seeing the treasure in you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's naughty, but it's because it's a real, it's yeah. a real issue. Well, you know? and if they, but if they would actually just go talk to their pastor and say, you That's know, it. Yep. I, I have a real desire to be used. Here's, here's my desire. Don't demand it because that will not get you very far usually. But if you would just say, this is what I hope to do. What do you think? And actually lay yourself out to be critiqued by the pastor. He'll either say, look, I agree with you, but we don't have that need. Mm -hmm. um, but we could use you over here. If you have a heart that wants to serve the church, not to do what you want to do, but actually serve the church, you're going to step into that. But he also might look at you and say, no, I don't think that that would be a good use of your skills. And you need to yeah. be humble enough to receive that maybe others see you in a different way. Yeah. And but it, but it, it gives your pastor a wonderful opportunity to pastor you, to, you know, maybe perhaps make you aware of blind spots that they can see objectively. Cause you know, we're all, I mean, we don't know what we don't know. So <laughs> why not go to a person who loves you, your pastor who can help you in that. And then, you know, give them an opportunity to help perhaps grow you in certain areas. Back back to that though, like knowing what you can do. I, I'm, I'm on this thing. It's like, it's an online spiritual gift test. Oh golly. Oh my goodness. You know what the first question is? You have to answer. I have a consuming passion, strong desire, great concern to reach people who don't know Christ. Almost always, occasionally, not ever often, <laughs> not very often. I say I. I'm gonna provide. Uh, I'll provide a link in the notes. That <laughs> yeah, yeah. Test. Those spiritual gift things are so horrible. But you can just you can yeah. tell where you're at there. Yeah, I actually had a lady in a church I attended <laughs> that her and her husband took the test, and then he was very proud of his wife he, as he informed the church that she actually had all the spiritual gifts. Oh, yeah, dude. And I'm like, wow. We, we there is no need for any of us. She is a self-contained church. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, this happened. That's this fantastic. happened 
in seminary, you know, my philosophy is hopefully you're at seminary because people in your local church have affirmed certain things. Yeah, about that's you. not true though. <laughs> well, ne almost never. Well, you would hope, but, yeah. But so you got a bunch of people who had a nice youth group experience. So now they want to do something for Jesus. So they go to seminary. And so we're sitting in this room and it's one of these intro classes and you got to take a spiritual gifts test. Um, You're paying $600 a credit hour awesome. to do this. Yeah, yeah, 620. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you, you know, we all took these spiritual gift tests and after the fact, there were so many that wanted the, the preacher writer that they were changing things on their test so that they can, you know, revamp it to, to get the product or conclusion they wanted on their yeah. printout. And it was insane to me, but well, they could work at the spiritual gift test to where they would just say what they wanted to say. Like the Myers-Briggs, I'm a CEO every single time. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and we affirm that in you, Mark. And well, no one wants me as a CEO. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, you're just a good old workhorse. I'm going you know? to run that company straight into the ground. Anyways. All right. So what, what's another, what's another reason not to leave a church? All right. So that made me think of being stagnant. Uh, you, you, you're stagnant in your faith. You, you don't feel like the church is doing it for you. You need something fresh. Yeah. You need something new. Um, oh, this drives me crazy. Right. Um, but yeah. Um, all, the problem is you're not changing anything because if you're really stagnant in your faith, that's a hard issue. It's got nothing to do with right. your church. That's the Oprah Winfrey method is you just need to surround yourself with people who will uplift you. Yep. And because you feel like everyone isn't, you need to find a new place where people will do that. Now, I would say this. You should be completely shamed by your pastor if he's doing his job, if you told him that, though. You know, you come to him and say, yeah, I just feel stagnant, so I'm going to look elsewhere. I, I mean, I know I would have a very blunt talk with that person because it's like, do you even understand what it means to believe at that point? You know, but yeah, you can't, you can't just be packing up and leaving the church because for some reason you're not feeling it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and and it, again, it's dealing with externals, your feelings, your those moment by moment things rather than really what what is a church about and what does a church exist to be? So mm -hmm. um, don't do it, don't leave for that. Yeah, so uh, we would say just in conclusion on, you know, reasons not to leave a church. I mean, most of these are, if you, you know, boil them all down, they're all consumer driven, <laughs> you know, issues. But we would just say in light of that though, just show a lot of grace, um, show a lot of grace. No local church is perfect. Um, it's a collection of sinners seeking to grow in Christ. And so, so it just assumes by that very fact that there's going to be weakness and sin. Um, and so just show, show grace in that. Um, the attitude there should be to serve and to help the church grow. That should be your natural bent and disposition is not to run, but to stay and help build um, in, the, in the unique way though that God has gifted you. Um, every person, when they become a believer, they're endowed with a spiritual gift or gifts, and you don't have a right to withhold that. And so God has put you there providentially and sovereignly for a purpose. So fulfill that, fulfill that calling. Um, don't just find things that are wrong and then blame everybody else and therefore give yourself an excuse to leave. Yeah. Be humble enough to grasp that you are not the gift. Yes. Yep. You know, you're not. And we've had the blessing of people who have come into our church and they just kind of move in. And the next thing you know, they're rolling up the sleeves, they're getting to work, they're they're becoming part of it. They're figuring out what are we doing? And then that's where they begin to 
try to serve. And then you've had others who've come in and they're just like this heavy anchor because again, it's pure consumerism. What are you doing for me? And, yeah. um, you know, the same attitude goes in leaving the church. It's, you know, you know, I'm not being given what I think I am bringing to this game or whatever. And, yeah. um, never, never healthy, never healthy. Um, you, I would I would say to a person, there's a time to leave a church. In fact, I can I can think of churches that people should not be at. But <laughs> I mean, well, I'm again being honest. Um, but I would tell a person. We'll put those in the show notes. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll link you to the, their website <laughs> the so you know. <laughs> but but I would say, to, on average, if somebody was talking about leaving a church, and I've done had this with people who've come to our church and visited, and I ask them, why are you not at the church you were at? I want to hear why. Mm-hmm. And I have sent many a person back to their church, and just like, you need to go make things right. Um, you should be really reluctant to leave a church. If it's if it's biblical, it's functioning rightly, it, um, then you should be trying to make it work and, and serve there. But again, there are times to leave a church and I think we should talk about that as well.